Hello and welcome to Locked on Marlins, your daily Marlins podcast with me, Peter Pratt. Do not forget to follow me on Twitter, guys, at MiamiMarlins underscore UK. And this is episode two on a Thursday. Yes, I've dropped two episodes on Thursday. And this one specifically is getting into this Marlins Phillies series, a four-game series. Straight out of the gate for the fish at home. The home opener going today. And I have got... Well, one of Philly's Twitter absolute studs, goats in the house. Alex Carr is joining me. Alex, how are we doing? To be called a stud by you, Mr. <laughs> Pete, is just another level of excitement <laughs> for me. I'm very excited that we can finally do this. Really, really pumped up. Thank you for having me. Very sure. excited to talk some Phils and Marlins. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, this, this, you know, a, a sneaky four-game set early doors. I, I think that's fun. The Phillies and Marlins, I think, match up great as well i think they they always do it's always exciting um so i'm excited for the series in general i guess what we need to do is to kind of just bring ourselves up to speed the good man dave shaw joined me in the off season just before i guess things really got going in the season has brought me up to speed with what the phils have done they've done a lot they you know the Mm -hmm. off season was was loaded i think for the phils and i made some real nice moves but what's been what's been the kind of uh the early impressions from the first two series obviously sitting up kind of 500 ball now but what's been your takeaways yeah, uh, I mean, they're definitely still waiting on the offense to click a little bit. Uh, I think that, you know, obviously when you have a lineup that looks the way that the Phillies does, you you kind of expect, you know, no off days. Like there's always going to be 10 runs on the board. <laughs> so it's always just going to be an absolute slugfest. And that hasn't been the case so far. And, and you know, I, I think it takes certain guys a while to to heat up. Um, yeah. Obviously, when you're, when you're looking at somebody like Kyle Schwarber, um, who – is just having an absolutely abysmal season after, you know, hitting that lead off, lead off the season home run. Um, but it, since then, I mean, I, I think he's hardly had a hit. I think maybe he had one other hit, which was a single. Um, but I, I think that's about it. Um, and Bryce Harper is also kind of going through it, had a home run in the last inning of, of yesterday's game off of Edwin Diaz. And uh, also like the shortest home run in Citizens Bank Park history, I think, which wow. was pretty crazy. Um but, you know, hopefully he starts to heat up a little bit. Um, you know, JC Real Muto uh, is, is, is doing well in terms of statistics, but, you know, kind of coming up small in some big scenarios. Um, mm-hmm. The guy that's really impressed is Nick Castellanos. I mean, yeah. we all kind of saw it coming. He's just a machine. Uh, I, I can't believe. So I had Reds fans in my mentions yesterday saying, you know, kind of mocking their ownership, saying, ah, oh, we didn't think his progress was sustainable. Nick Castellanos has been a, an extra base machine for years and years, even when he was with the Tigers. Um, you know, obviously, Comerica is a really hard place to hit, especially mm. for power. Um, I mean, that guy had like 50 some doubles. You know, I, I think it was back to back years. Maybe it was just the one year. But I mean, he's always got a million doubles on the season. And and now those are kind of translating more into home runs. And, and some of them are staying doubles. But I mean, all but two of his hits this season have been extra base hits. I mean, he's just he's a machine. He's really good. Um, Reese Hoskins has also been off to a really solid start, um, which thank goodness, because Lord knows he deserves some more respect. Uh, Gene Segura has also been, I mean, defensively has been a wizard. He's incredible. Um, and then in terms of, you know, at the plate, he's leading the Phillies in home runs. So, uh, you know, uh, where did that come from? But yeah, those things will change. Um, but you know, the lineup itself has been kind of hot and cold, uh, but I'm expecting that to turn around pretty quickly here. Uh, I think once things finally start to click, they finally start to, you know, uh, face a few more teams that are a little uh, less intimidating than the Braves um, or not the Braves than the Mets, pardon me. Um, 
I think that'll be uh, that'll that'll be something that can kind of help them click, and maybe that's less so the Marlins because obviously Marlins have some some pretty great pitching. Um, mm. But I'm looking more at Colorado. I think is where you'll really see this offense start to click a little bit, especially because you know they'll be in Colorado, and we all oh, know course oh, Field for this lineup <laughs> should be really fun to watch. So I'm excited about that. Um, and in terms of everything else. The bullpen's taken a hit. Sam Coonrod uh, is on the 60-day injured list, uh, and Connor Brogdon just got sent down. So two of their best arms in 2021 have been off to shaky, shaky starts. Uh, Connor Brogdon just, you know, didn't come into the season stretched out, uh, and that's, you know, who's to say where we can fault that. But, um, you know, he just needs time to build up his velocity and his command again. His release points have been way off. Um, So, you know, he just needs some time. Uh, but it's disappointing because now they just called up Andrew Bellotti today, which is an odd, odd name, a non-roster invitee that just uh, is probably there to to be a uh, a garbage time pitcher. Uh, if I had say, to guess, we, for <laughs> we, yeah, we shouldn't for, expect to see him unless things go wrong. I think exactly. <laughs> I hope you don't have to see him this week. Um, but you know. Uh, the bullpen's in an interesting spot. I mean, Jerry's familia, Brad Hand, uh, Corey Knable, they have been everything that the Phillies wanted them to be thus far. And I, mm. I don't think that's going to stay that way. Uh, I'm, I'm quite low on familia and Hand both. Um, but I mean, Knable has proven that, you know, when he's healthy, he's one of the best. So I'm really excited about that. He's been great. Um, and then uh, in terms of starting pitching, the, the rotation has probably been the biggest selling point of this team. Kyle Gibson, yeah. The Marlins face tonight has been excellent. Uh, of course, one start permitting, but you know, just he was insane the other day. Two hits, ten strikeouts over seven seven innings this early in the season. Come on now. Um, so that was really impressive. Zach Wheeler looked really good um, after a shaky first inning. Ranger Suarez was really let down by uh, the Phillies defense. <laughs> Nobody will be named today, but uh, you we know, know who. It was, you, you all saw it. Everybody yeah. saw it. But now he's a folk hero. Alec Bohm is seen. a folk hero so what? it's it's pretty great <laughs> i tell you what that was the quickest rebuild ever of anyone of one specific guy you know bone walks off he's he's saying he hates it there next thing is everyone's cheering him on because he's being honest there you go just, honesty it, is the best it, policy it, seriously it goes to show what what it takes to succeed in philadelphia you mm-hmm. just have to when you when you screw up you wear it you own it right and then when you're playing if you're playing hard and you're playing well they're gonna adore you and if you do those two things combined, I mean, you're going to be beloved. So, uh, you know, obviously, Alec Bohm, shake your start. But mm. Ranger looked okay. Uh, the command was a little bit off, but that's to be expected. Same with Zach Eflin, although that was more of an umpiring thing, which, by the way, the Phillies have been decimated by umpires uh, early this season. And I think that's probably the same for, for every every team. But Every team. Everyone's oh, got a gripe on the umps, no Lord, doubt. It's been... It's been, I mean, just these last three years have been way worse than anything I've ever seen before. I mean, it's quite terrible. Um, So that's unfortunate. But yeah, starting rotation looks good. Bullpen's a little shaky. Uh, Offense is still waiting to click, but that's your general, uh, you know, resume so far. This is why it feels like we match up so well, because I I could pretty much say exactly the same thing almost. Uh, Do you know what the, actually, the... The sneaky surprise for the fish has been the pen because it's unheralded. There's no names in there. No one, right. you know, everyone's kind of thinking, I, I thought the fish, I, I was hoping that they'd go out and get Canabel. I thought he was the real obvious choice to kind of bring in, you give him the ninth, you know, he's got the ninth. Um, and obviously the Marlins haven't done that, but the bullpen's actually performed pretty well in general, overperformed in some ways. The rotation's been what we expect. 
And the bats have been slow. I'll describe mm. it as Jazz has been a star. That's been nice to see for Jazz. He's kind of bless him. He's come the out best. the gate. Yeah, he's just oh. an absolute stud. But the bats have been a little bit cold. Hey, one other uh, topical piece from today pre-game. I don't know if you saw this or not, but uh, Nick Castellanos, you're talking about him. Uh, he's uh, he's been, I guess, out there saying that he thought he was going to be a Marlin this year at some point. I did based on the see conversations. that. Yeah, it was interesting. Didn't, there. didn't Mish say though? Uh... That yeah, that was, Mish then poo pooed. He, he it, I dismissed think. it. <laughs> but I, I love Craig. Uh, by the way, yeah. uh, very small chances listening. We we're mutuals on Twitter, but Craig Mish is. Uh, you guys are so so lucky to have Craig Mish. I mean, yeah. the best, the best. Uh, I have been following him since I was. Uh, for those who don't know me, I am. I'm. I'm still. You know. I'm. I'm 25 years old, but I've been. You know, in the baseball scene forever. Ever since I created a Twitter, I have been fo- one of my first followers was Craig Mish. Mm. I mean, I love that man. He is so good at what he does, and he's so interactive with all the fans, and he puts up with so much. Uh, so, shouts to Craig. That guy is the best. I've told him that before, but he's he's the best. Uh, but completely, completely agree with you for sure on on that. It was it was very funny. Barry Jackson, it, it, it's a colleague of Craig Mish's, effectively at, uh, at the Heralds. Mm. Barry's out there. He's obviously uh, spoken with Castianos today. Um, got that quote, and then Craig's come out, come out and said, basically said, no, that was never happening. Marlins, <laughs> you know, never signed Nick Castellanos. I mean, when I looked at the deal, it was interesting to get your take on this too. You know, the what five years, hundred million. I kind of when that deal dropped, I was like, wow, that sounds like a great deal. What was your take on that for the Phils? Yeah, I mean, you, the way that I compared it was, you know, consider you're getting somebody like JD Martinez, right? Mm-hmm. You're not paying for a glove here. You're paying for a pure bat. And yep. JD Martinez, I'm sure if we factored in inflation, the deal that he got, which I believe was around the same figure. Um, I can't really recall at this point, but it was around the same figure. If we factor for inflation, it's probably a little bit or a lot of it more. Um, but I mean, five years of, of prime Nick Cassianos, if you expect him to drop off after 32, right? You know, of course, those last two years probably won't be exactly what you want. But even then, just paying twenty million a year for the kind of bat that you're getting there is is pretty unreal. And also, I mean, I'm not going to be that guy that says maybe he'll improve in the field. But I've seen him live, you know, four or five times this year, uh, and he has not looked awful. Uh, run some no. okay routes out there. And the guy whose glove has really surprised me is Kyle Schwarber's. I mean, he's he's actually looked pretty competent in left field. So. Um, you know, I, I think that deal is just, is, is excellent. Uh, yeah. and I, I, I understand now why, you know, the Phillies were so willing to go out there and, and, and win them over. Cause you know, for a deal like that, it's worth going over the luxury tax. Are you kidding? Especially oh, when sure. they've got a lot coming off the payroll next year. So yeah, for sure. For I guess you, you've got the, like, the deep, I mean, won't deep dive into Philly's contract situation, but I think Didi's <laughs> deal is, um, mm-hmm. is up and Gene Segura as well. Segura too, yeah. I mean, you may want to look to re-sign uh, and extend Segura. Perhaps. I don't, it's, I don't a, know. it's a thick second base class next year. And they also have Bryson Stott, who's kind of emerged as as probably their... He, he has made some outstanding plays at second base, mm-hmm. um, you know, in his in his short time in the majors. So, uh, you know, he's probably the guy that they'll look to to fill that second base hole. But Gene has been... Man, that guy's... He plays second base with an arm like I have never seen. I mean, mm-hmm. he is so quick with it. He's really good. It's funny really with Gene good. because at, at some point last year, I, and I watch a lot of Phillies games because you know I'm I guess I, they're always a fun team to watch. Like yes. you know if they're on, I'll, I'll watch them. There it's was always an point, event. It is. It's an event. <laughs> it is. You 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 know with the Phils, even if they're winning ten nil, 
anything could still happen for sure. Yep. But there was a stretch last year where Gene Segura, defensively, like he just had the yips. Something was going oh. on where he just completely he just couldn't field yeah. anymore. Do you remember? Yep. Um, and then again, it's kind of you know full circle again. Gene's back. He's hitting bombs. I did see the bomb he hit the other day. It might have been an opposite field one, if I recall. Um, uh, I don't know which. It might have been against the A's. Anyway. Uh, maybe I, that one was. I can't remember. I did see That was the, bomb, the one but... where he went back to back. Yeah. He's... Uh, I want to ask you, though, and want to get more into, into stop because yeah. he's someone I haven't seen much of, um, for sure. I did, you know, I was tracking yourself, Dave other uh phillies guys that i'm um, you know follow on twitter and i was it was a lot of heat around uh start he was obviously having a stunning spring obviously made the roster and is now playing so let's get in him shortly before we get there uh reminder this show is brought to you by bet online betonline.net it's your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the major league baseball season bet online it's your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. And Alex, just give me this rundown then on, on Bryson Stott. He is someone I have never seen before. A lot of buzz. What should we expect to see from him? Yeah, so uh, like you said, just an outstanding spring. I mean, he you couldn't get him out. He was hitting 500 for or over 500 for a long period of time. Uh, and this wasn't some insignificant amount of at bats. I mean, he, he got a good, got a good few. Um, so, you know, he was, his swing just looks gorgeous. Uh, his, the one thing that a lot of people uh, will say about Bryson is that, you know, he has just this very mature approach at the plate. And a lot of people uh, in the, in the Phillies universe have kind of been wary of moving him from position to position, just because of what happened with the Phillies and Scott Kingery. Um, that's a whole different can of worms because when mm-hmm. you're looking at with Bryson Stott, somebody who first and foremost is looking to get on base. He loves drawing walks. I mean, he walked more than he struck out last year uh, in both the Arizona fall league and the regular season. So he's got a good eye. Uh, he's going to, he's going to tax you for some pitches. Um, the one thing that I've noticed early with him in the majors, he's been a little late on upper velocity. Um, so, you know, that's an adjustment that obviously he's going to have to make. Um, he probably doesn't see as much, you know, 97 plus uh, in, in, in the minors. So uh, that's just something that I've noticed early, but uh, you know, he's, he's easily going to be a solid major leaguer for a long time. Uh, it's, it's yeah. the eye is good enough. The glove is very good. It's not a shortstop mm-hmm. glove. He doesn't have a shortstop range, uh, but it certainly is long-term a, a plus glove at second base or perhaps even third base. The arm has not impressed me as much. Uh, it hasn't been as accurate uh, from third base. And it's definitely come up short a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. if you remember that first game that he started, he, he made a couple throwing errors. Um, but I got to tell you, he has really, really impressed me. He went two for two off of Max Scherzer the other day or the other day yesterday. Um, you know, he has constantly, constantly shown that he has a mature approach and his swing is just, I said this, but it's gorgeous. It's objectively very pretty to watch. Um, and it's, very different. A lot of people like to compare him to Bryce Harper, but you know, he's not a power hitter first and foremost um, because they're, they're best friends for those. I forget I'm on a Marlins podcast. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're, they're best friends, they're roommates. Um, so they are, you know, they're obviously very close and his stance is, is similar. Uh, what makes it very different. His swing is nowhere near as violent. Um, mm. And he's also, you know, not a power hitter. That being said, he uses the opposite field a lot more than Bryce does. And he just cares about getting on base. And it's, re- it's, brilliant to see he is really he's a player that the Phillies really don't have 
much of except for Reese Hoskins. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about him. He's been really excellent so far. No, nice to hear. I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what he's got for sure. Cause like I said, I was tracking, you know, the Phillies in spring. He was one of the names that popped. Uh, obviously, uh, Mickey Moniak, I think, as well, was getting a lot of buzz and was Such made the shame. roster, I think, yeah. right? And then was hurt. Uh, yeah. I don't know if Airline he already fracture. made the roster. Yeah, what, what, what's the deal with Moniak? Is he is he out for significant time? Four to six weeks. He, uh, oh, boy. It was the last spring game against the Rays at the Trop, and uh, he took a – it was like an 89-mile-an-hour fastball to the wrist, and he was fine at first, and then, uh, you know, they, they gave him an initial X-ray. Nothing showed up. Everything looked okay. He got a second opinion, hairline fracture in the wrist. So wow. uh, he is unfortunately out for four to six weeks. And it's really a shame because, you know, mm -hmm. Matt Veerling, as much as I love the guy, uh, an absolute exit velocity darling uh, mm -hmm. and, and advanced <laughs> metrics, you know, yeah. king. He is, I'm really excited about him. I think he's definitely got a future with the club, but Mickey looked, I mean, almost, he was second on the club in, in spring home runs uh, right behind Bryce. And Bryce had an unreal spring. Mm -hmm. Um and he also just, he, he looked like a completely different guy. Uh, you know, not really very patient at the plate. He never will be, but man, he can slug it. He yeah. really was, he was knocking him. So uh, I really hope he recovers soon. Uh, and I'm, I'm really, I'm just excited to see what he can do this year. I'm, I'm really, really pumped up for him. Let's hope he doesn't get usurped by, uh, by Odubel Herrera, who's on a track to, oh boy. Uh, you know, get back sooner than him, which would be a shame, not only because of off-field circumstances, but because Mickey had so much potential that he flashed in spring. Yeah, for sure. I, to be honest with you, I'd be absolutely shocked and in a good way if Moniak all of a sudden becomes a stud major leaguer. I just, you and vibe everyone I got, else yeah. both. <laughs> yeah, the vibe I got was like, it just was never going to happen for this dude. Like he was what first overall, uh, yep. uh, however long ago it was five years, four years, 2016. Uh, yeah. And uh, the expect, you know, that the vibe you get is, you know, was never really going to make it maybe a fringe guy, a bench guy. I don't know, but all of a sudden had this huge spring. And then, like you said, last at AB takes one to the wrist and, you know, six weeks you know that's yeah. two months really and you know i guess by the time he's back who knows what happens then and if he can <sighs> recapture the form you got a real you know feel sorry for the dude absolutely um, certainly and and pete it's not just you I, and it's not just fans it's not just anybody i mean the organization was starting to sour on him at yeah. least some folks i mean a lot the way that i understand it is it's, it's a half and half split in the org some people think that he's you know never going to play i don't know if this has changed this is this is older information but some people think uh you know he's he's never going to be more than a fourth outfielder mm. other people think he still has the tools to be a star and uh, you know i'm definitely more in the latter camp than the former but uh the the results were um were not impressive through mm. his his few years in the minors and uh man just seeing him light up spring training was was unreal and now for him to to come to this where he's he's out for the first you know two months of the season is ah it's a bummer it's a real buzzkill i know <laughs> i know listen i want to get your take broadly on on the nl east in general how you see things shaping up the one question i do have to ask you is, specifically around the phillies is what's this defense like okay because there's been a lot of talk <laughs> the phils just have no defense more you know going into the year what was your feeling on this you know were they being was it underrated or do you just not care you just thought you know we'll just blow teams away and then actually what have you seen on the field in the first six games yeah so like i said i mean kyle schwarber has really impressed me in left field i mean he hasn't made any outright 
crazy plays or anything, but he's been solid, you know, yeah. and he's got a cannon for an arm used to be a catcher. You know, he's mm-hmm. got an accurate and a very strong arm. So uh, I, I, I'm excited by that prospect to see him continue to, to get reps and left. And he is the primary left fielder. Uh, whereas Nick Castellanos is more the, the go-to DH. That being said, they've both played in the outfield at times uh, mm-hmm. at the same time uh, this season. And, you know, it hasn't been, hasn't been awful. Um, so I think that going into the season, there was a lot of overblowing this idea and it was more kind of for a narrative than it was for anything else. And, uh, you know, that's not to say that the Phillies defense is going to be good. It's not, it's not going to be good, but Andrew McCutcheon wasn't very good in left field before Kyle Schwarber got there. Right. He was already a minus. So Kyle Schwarber being, you know, anywhere up from the minus that Andrew McCutcheon was is better right? Alec Bohm is not the starting third baseman every day. Johan Camargo has gotten more starts at third base than Alec Bohm has. And that's a whole different can of worms, but I mean, Johan Camargo is a plus third base glove. He is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he has been outstanding at the hot corner and he, he's been good at the plate too. I've been really impressed with him. Um, that's not to say he should be getting play time over Alec Bohm, but you know, uh, just from what I've seen so far. Um, and then Didi Gregorius, he's kind of back to his old, old self. And, and Didi was never a plus fielder in any way, shape or form, but he is so much more nimble and agile out there. Uh, it's a noticeable difference. Mm. I mean, if you watched any Phillies games last year, Didi looked like he was a truck in quicksand. I mean, he looked awful, awful, uh, just sluggish in every move, um, you know, inaccurate throws. He could, he couldn't play. He just could not play. He was a deleterious part of the team. And now, I mean, he actually looks good at short. He, he does. He's made some really great stops. He made it stop the other day. I would have never expected Didi Gregorius to make a play like this. And he, the throw ended up being late. But, I mean, oh, man, what a stop. So, um, you know, already we're seeing much improvement from last year's defense. Gene Segura is, I mean, should be a gold glove candidate this year. Uh, mm-hmm. No no doubt in my mind. Um, and JT Realmuto has obviously it speaks for himself, but, uh, you know, Reese Hoskins is probably the biggest question mark in that infield right now. Um, mm-hmm. not a very good first baseman. That being said, I mean, his bat is well worth the, the sacrifice at first base. And there's a lot of talk going on about Kyle Schwarber might get some reps at first base. Um, you know, we, we might see that eventually, um, because he, he did so for the Red Sox last year, but ultimately I really don't think it's, as bad as people thought it was going to be. It's still yeah. not good, but it's certainly not, you know, backbreaking. Yeah. Um, and center field, I, I should touch on center field. Mickey Moniak is an above, probably probably an average to above average center field club. I wouldn't say plus. Uh, Matt Veerling, the same. So, you know, they're not going to be terrible, but they won't be great. They won't be Kevin Kiermaier's out there, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's funny because the the fish ended up following suit. I would describe with yeah, the bills like they, I'd they agree. Much, we went down the same path. Like <laughs> oh, Avi Garcia, we. Soler, you know, the same dudes. You know, it's they they've basically gone a tier below in terms of the financial commitment and probably the overall player. They've gone a tier below on that for for the Marlins, but they've ended up creating the same problems where the corners lack a little bit of. Yeah, agility. Let's say a little bit of speed, a little bit of range. Certainly, for sure. So, you know, I I was kind of bashing the fills for this because they obviously went bang, bang, bang. You know, made some moves, Schwarber, Castianos, and everyone was kind of you know, like you said, the narrative was was hotting up. Mm-hmm. Fills going no defense, and then the, Mar- the Marlins, the Marlins go no defense. <laughs> no defense. 
So all of a sudden, it's a new trend. No, you know, hey, defense is, is overrated. Well, I guess we'll see at the end of the year for sure. I but... mean, but Miggy Rojas and Jazz up the middle is is nah, yeah. is, is pretty nice. good. And then third base, I'm really not sure what they're because Brian Anderson, you know, I don't think he's been very very he's good, right? Yeah, he's had a poor uh, start. Yeah, he has. Who's, so who's Wendell's playing the hot corner right now. Joey Wendell. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a that's a good glove to have. So you know. Feels like the infield defense, the Marlins definitely have the edge, but yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I think outfield wise, they're both, uh, both pretty not good. <laughs> yeah, so I, we can, we can identify on that. I think that's kind. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a kind assessment. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll see which, which of these sluggish outfields can, can do the, do the best this series. Who for can sure. be worse? Yeah, I can't I wait. So. I guess so. So listen, a four game set um, before we kind of finish off on this analyst, who's going to be when you kind of think about the Marlins and the Marlins roster as it is right now, who are you guys worried about when you think of this series coming up? Good question. Uh, for me, it's it's always going to be Jazz. Jazz is he has Philly killer written all over him. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he we saw him turn on Jose Alvarado's hundred miles an hour up last year. Mm -hmm. He is just, he is really, really good at hitting fastballs. And uh, you know, the Phillies have gotten way better at that, but jazz is, he's just, he's excellent. Um, and then I also think Joey Wendell has killed the Phillies before. I don't know if you know, Joey Wendell is a Philadelphia product. So, um, you know, he's, he's always felt like one of those guys as well. Uh, Coop, obviously just always, Oh my gosh. He is a, he is also a killer Garrett Cooper, just a, a very, very love, good hitter. Love to hear it. Love to oh, hear that. No, no one even knows who Garrett Cooper is apart from Phillies fans and Marlins oh, fans, maybe. I love Garrett Cooper. Yeah. Um, but I have to tell you, I think the person that I am most scared of heading into this series is Jesus Sanchez. Um, yeah. I, I think Jesus Sanchez is primed for 30 home runs this year. Me too. I think Jesus Sanchez is a very good, if he can stay healthy, obviously his health is a big part of it. I think Jesus Sanchez is a very good baseball player. And I'm kind of disappointed that they're running him out in center field because I, I, I kind of think that that, uh, you know, is going to increase the risk of his, uh, you know, not being able to play a full season. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I am very excited to see him, uh, Obviously, this is going to be a very bullpen thin uh, series for the Phillies. So uh, I would look more towards him becoming a problem in those later innings um, mm. where, you know, he can really see a right handed pitcher well and, and just swat one because uh, he is he is good. I really, really like him. So, uh, you know, and there's other guys that that I would say I'm scared of, too. Jesus Aguilar. I mean, always, always a threat for the Phillies. All these guys are Philly killers, right? Miggy Rowe just they're they're all threats so you know uh it should be a fun series it's always terrifying to play the marlins because it always seems like they are so so potent against the phillies I but know. um you know i i'm excited personally i just i love both of these teams uh so i'm i'm very very excited to to just watch this showdown it's gonna be fun i, I feel in a similar way I absolutely, I've always loved the Phils, but just the entertainment factor is always there. So they're just my go-to and obviously East Coast kind of time. So it's great from the UK. But listen, the Fish, they need this series. They really, <laughs> really need yeah. to win this series. They, they just, you know, they've started slow out West. And it's tough. It's tough to start out West, getting, oh, yeah. getting season rolling. And um, you know, we're getting adjusted to the, to the time difference too. I mean, that's, that's hard. That yeah. is really hard. So exactly. I don't the envy fit. them. For I sure. know, exactly. It was, it was a tough assignment. And, you know, listen, one and four is not optimal, but 
the Marlins, they do really need to do some something in this series for sure. You know, the Phillies too, case. I'd say. And the Phillies feel the same too. And exactly, yeah. this is the point. This The division is so competitive. And this is the final topic for us. How are you seeing it? You've obviously had a look at the Mets. Um, your, your opening series against uh, the A's. So probably maybe see them once again this year. But how are you seeing the way this East is playing out? Obviously, the Bravos have, you know, they're the, they've been the class. The Mets yep. continue to throw money at it. The Phils continue to throw, well, have thrown more money at it this year, so that's good for you guys. And the Marlins continue to kind of bolster the pitching and kind of mix and match. Hey, maybe we shouldn't rule out the Nats. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. We'll see. But how are you seeing it going? I mean, Pete, you know this about me. I have said multiple times that, you know, if the Marlins spend, I think that they are the threat to watch in the future of this NL East. Um, that being said, it looks like that's not happening. No. <laughs> um, I I am really disappointed about that, honestly, because it's very rare and seldom that you get a pitching class like what the Marlins have. Mm. Um, and uh, I like up and down. It's just it's a great system. Uh, so I'm really disappointed i'm really excited for yuri to hopefully at some point make his way i oh mean boy but i really wish they'd surround him with with good players um i yeah i i don't see the marlins uh factoring into the top of this race i don't think um that can change deadlines can mm. be had i think that the trade they made with the o's was a huge help i thought this bullpen was helpless until that trade with the orioles um so I'm very excited for them on that front. Um, I really, I hope that they, that they factor in, they definitely factor in more than the nationals do. The nationals are going to place last, uh, maybe have the worst record in baseball because their pitching is deplorable. Um, but you know, I, I, I think that the, the Marlins probably, unfortunately, uh, because of their unwillingness to spend money, uh, will, will probably shake out near the bottom of this race. I don't know if they'll be fourth, third, whatever. Um, but unfortunately that's, that's the way I feel. And I love the Marlins a lot more than I love these other two teams, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, it is what it is. Uh, I think that it's, it's a real toss up for me here. Um, the Braves, obviously great bullpen, um, starting pitching has been really disappointing for them and mm. they really Started did slow, not, haven't they? yeah. And they did not do a lot to, to bolster that rotation. Mm. Um, especially you know, when they have so many guys coming off of injury, I, I, I felt like they probably would want, and you know, Charlie Morton, who is very hard to keep healthy. I thought they would have done a little bit more, um, especially if they want to defend their title. Um, but they didn't, um, which is surprising to me. And look, they always pull something off at the deadline, so you can never count them out. But, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm less impressed. I think they are not as good of a team yet as they were when they won the world series. Now, that mm -hmm. being said, they can become that when Acuna gets back, when, um, you know, if, if they made more impactful deadline moves again this year, um, you know, it can definitely be the Braves at the top by the end when all is said and done. But, um, you know, I, right now I'm not as threatened by them as I, as I am by the Mets and even with the Mets, um, you know, we were, we were talking about this pre pod. Mm. Um, I've seen them live three times this year. Uh, not particularly impressed. Um, that being said, I think that they do have the, I mean, Tyler McGill becoming what he's become yeah. is pretty scary. Uh, that is, he's, he's a Ranger Suarez 2.0, right? All of that's a sudden a problem. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a big problem. He shut the Phillies down mm. the other night. Um, he is, he's very good. Um, if Jacob DeGrom can come back healthy, obviously that top three of the rotation is crazy. Um, mm. that being said, Taiwan Walker and Carlos Carrasco, not only are they always hurt, but they are not very good anymore in my opinion um and you know they've they've got some depth there right um but i don't know uh i don't think 
anybody is a runaway right now. And with the Phillies, no. I've, you know, I've talked about them the whole time, but that offense just really needs to click. Starting rotation is definitely being underestimated, but the bullpen is also just going to have to, it's going to have to break right. Um, so a lot of things have to break right in this NL East. That being said, I think that this is a much more competitive division than it was last year when everybody was saying, oh, look at this juggernaut division. Oh my gosh. And the only reason that these these records might shake out to be a little less impressive um, than people might be expecting them to be. I mean, I don't think this division is going to have a 100 game winner. And that's no. solely because I don't think they're going to be able to really dominate the other teams in their division. There are four teams in this division that are good. And, yeah. you know, the Marlins are definitely on the bottom of that good tier, but I, I, I still think that they're good. They are good. The pitching is great. Um, yeah. The bullpen less so, but, and the <laughs> offense a little less so, but I, I, th- I think their starting pitching will carry them for a while. Um, I, it's really, really dang good. Uh, the Braves, you can obviously never count them out. The Mets, I mean, they are running a $290 million payroll. Uh, yeah. So you can't really count that out. Uh, that being said, I, have no idea what their future is going to look like. They have signed a lot of people that are looking to break down over the next couple of years. So uh, we'll see, but um, you know, it's a toss up for me right now. I would love to say that I think the Phillies are runaways with first, but I don't think that I don't think anybody is. So it's going to be, it's going to come down to the wire uh, barring injuries and things like that, but it'll definitely be close. It definitely will be. I'm I'm completely with you on this. This division looks just so so tight it wouldn't shock me if between the top four there's like even like five games covering yeah top four or something it it could go down that way and i'm with you most people see it the way you're seeing it the fish likely in fourth a significant amount above i would love for them to place third i would love for them to and pitching wins championships you get this team to to the postseason yeah this marlins team (laughs) anything anything can happen When know. you're running with Sandy Pablo and I mean, who's to say maybe Yuri or Max Meyer at, at that point, I, I, you, I think, we're, I think we're real close to Max Meyer. Oh, to be honest with you. Man. I, I think we're I, a few weeks away from that. I couldn't even, that team can beat any team in a playoff series just because of how dynamic that starting pitching is. So, um, you. you know, I, I think that if they get into the postseason, I would love to see the Marlins get into the postseason. Me oh too. my gosh. Me too. That'd be crazy. If the Marlins get there, I'm absolutely coming out for it. There's no, I'm, I'm oh, putting on better. record right now. It's it's on record. Listen, I'll go Mar- down to Florida. I'll, yeah, I'll come just, see you. <laughs> the, the Marlins may pay for me to come out there. I don't know. Like, hey. I'm, putting, I'm putting this on record that uh, I'm, I'm available, Marlins, if you want to wow. uh, pick up the tabs. But anyway. <laughs> All right, we're, we're bang out of time, Alex. It's been a lot of fun. I'm absolutely pumped for this series. And the timings is you know, relatively UK friendly too. Obviously, we've got the Sunday game. So um, one final one, though. Series prediction from you. I went earlier on the pod today. I went 3-1. I actually said I think the fish the fish really need this. Um, and I think they may take the first three. And then Wheeler takes the final one on Sunday. That's my shout. How are you seeing this one? I think it's 2-2 uh, for me. And you know me. I'm I'm very optimistic. Uh, but I'm trying to be as objective as possible for, mm. for you know, for you. For, for this podcast. <laughs> for the sake of the pod. Uh, yeah. But honestly, I, I, I think the Marlins easily have the Phillies dominated starting pitching wise. Um, if the offense clicks, I mean, who's to say they can't grind these SPs out by, you know, the fourth inning. Yeah. Um, so I think that's going to play a big role in it. If the offense does not click, uh, then I think, you know, the Phillies will probably find a way to scrape by 
against the Marlins bullpen if they even can get there. Um, but they'll, they'll probably find a way to scrape by. I mean, they almost mounted two comebacks against the Mets. Uh, they, they put up six runs in the last four innings of yesterday's game. So, yeah. I mean, you can't really ever count them out. Uh, that's, that's one thing about this lineup, but um, yeah, I think two, two is, is, is fair. Uh, I think that there's going to be a lot of drama. I think that there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, disappointed Philly fans at the end of this one, a two, two split is obviously not how you want to come out of uh, come out of this, this particular trip. But uh, yeah, I think, I think that's probably how it goes. Plus there'll be a little bit of Marlins voodoo magic in there too. Just because they, they dominate the Phil's. So it'll be really interesting voodoo magic it is let's keep that voodoo <laughs> magic rolling for sure alex where can everyone get you on twitter and also what else are you working on right now let everyone know where else they can find your work if they want to keep following you so you can find me on twitter at alex car mlb you can find me i do uh i'm i'm dabbling in twitch streaming this season uh, mm-hmm. and i'm having a really good time with it uh i'm i'm on twitch at at take a bulk um it's really really fun uh i've been just playing you know some random games planning to play a lot of ootp out of the park baseball um which pete if you have not tried that game you've got to try that game i'm all in uh, i'm all in you I'm, would love it i'm oh. even I'm online league would you believe you know oh let's go oh so that's i mean you got to play that game uh Stunning. people that are listening but uh so I've, i'm definitely gonna play around with that um and then i'm also uh i'm very, very excited. I've, I've embarked on a new uh, endeavor with Sports Illustrated's Inside the Phillies uh, and Fan Nations uh, Inside the Phillies, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm putting up a lot of stuff over there. I miss writing a lot, and I'm very, very blessed to be able to have that opportunity. Um, so check that stuff out, too, if you're looking to get into some more, uh, more in-depth Phillies stuff or you want to get up to date on your recent opponent. Uh, you can definitely find my stuff over there alongside an incredible group of young writers that, you know, we are – we are doing some good work, so I'm really excited about it. And uh, yeah, Pete, thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. Long overdue. Great to have oh, you on. Oh, long overdue. Well, well long overdue, that is for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we can make it happen for sure. And uh, you know, listen, this pod's going to drop, what, half an hour before first pitch on game one. So I think perfect timing, guys. If you're tuning in, enjoy this pre-game. Let's get into this four-game four series. Uh, that is myself, Peter Pratt, and also Alex Carr for this one Thursday episode two on a thursday checking out back tomorrow friday edition we're going to be looking ahead to the weekend series as well and then uh, seeing how game one goes let's go fish